0: Dedication, discipline, passion, sacrifice, rise and rise again. Welcome to Any Given Chance. The Wolf of Bundle. Congratulations, mate. Travis Wolfgram. Thanks. How you going? Yeah, good. For Any Given Chance podcast. Trav, you have just cleaned up the Gold Coast Jockey Premiership for this year, 12-month thing. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, no, thanks, mate. It's good. Um, it's a bit of weight lifted off the shoulders now. Uh, it's been a long, you know, hard-fought 12 months, uh, but consistency's paid off.
0: Yeah, it has. And another thing, you've put one thing on the back burner and that's just a little <laughs> snozzer thing going on here. Mid-year, what, what, did you, what happened? You got kicked in the face or something, yeah. oh, did you? Oh, no,
1: I just, just got hit in the head. Oh, okay. Um, just, yeah, it, part and parcel with the job I suppose um, the horse threw its head and I didn't get out of the way um, so yeah it was a bit unfortunate but these things happened and uh, just at the time uh, you know I was sort of fighting out a premiership there and getting good rides um, you know it had a lot of momentum so I didn't want to halt it uh, so I just put the nose on, on the backburners it as you say it um, we wrapped the season up uh, last week so I thought yeah I'll go and get it done now I'll only miss sort of the next two weeks and then be straight back into it.
0: Yeah. How'd the operation go? Yeah. What'd yeah. they do? They had to straighten it and what what happened?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously because I've left it a little while now it had developed a spur. Um, so that was blocking the whole uh, left side of my nostril so I, I couldn't breathe out of it. Ooh. Um, so yeah, they had to go up through the through the nostril, um, grind the spur back. Then they had to cut the cartilage uh, in the, the middle of the nose there and put it back to the centre. Um, and at the minute there's like two splits in there on either side uh, just to hold the nose straight. So I go back in next uh, Wednesday and they will take that out and hopefully it's all lined up properly. Wow. Did it hurt? It hurts. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: good old Manion dragged you in here for a podcast while you're fresh out of a nose operation. Good bloke.
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, like I said, your journey, you've come back to the Gold Coast. Now, you're a Queenslander through and through, born in Toowoomba, is it? Yep. yep. How good? Uh, you, you, you got poached, you went down south, uh, riding down there for a bit, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I spent about nearly six years down there riding in uh, New South Wales, sort of based out of Sydney, uh, so it was a good experience. Um, I was just fortunate, uh, Put in a uh, at the time I'd just come off, uh, I won the Gold Coast Premiership as an apprentice, which was like the first time it had been down in about 20 years or so um, that an apprentice had won that so yeah it was trying to make my mark in town and I was riding a horse for Leah Birchley I think one of your good mates Chrissy Walker might have been a part owner of the horse um, Rock Royalty and I'll never forget it it was like a thousand meter race at Doomba there tricky start drew the outside barrier within about 100 meters I was three back one off uh, ended up winning the race and the next day uh, Gay Waterhouse's people ring me up and said oh we've been watching your ride we saw that one yesterday and uh, we'd be very interested in you coming down to ride for us through the winter
0: wow the so opportunity presents itself happy days but we'll go back to the start mate um we were speaking about this in take one before bloody cameras and that <laughs> fucked out but uh you come from a horse family mum was trainer was it or
1: yeah yes yeah, so mum and dad were both jockeys yep. and then yeah mum eventually turned uh handed in the jockey's license for the trainer's license when I was a young fella yeah
0: yeah so you, you were born and bred straight into it so you knew what was going on but yep. it wasn't for you
1: no no not at all I um I didn't really like the horses much I you know sort of resented them in a way just uh racing's a you know 24 7 365 job uh, and as a teenager there you know I I was quite interested in a few different sports especially BMX was one that comes to mind and I was quite good at it and obviously the races were on weekends uh the same days that my dad you know, it's their busiest day of the week is a saturday so yeah for me as a kid growing up i just felt like racing took a lot away from me uh and, and my brothers and that growing up but um as i've got a bit older i sort of can see how racing gave us everything we had yeah i'm very grateful for that but as a you know, nine no, year fourteen year old, you're not thinking about that. You just when thinking, you want to go race BMXs, isn't <laughs> that right? Or well,
0: you got something on on the weekend, and mum and dad are always uh, well, not not there, but working. Yeah, very different. And I think I was saying that it's completely different to my upbringing. Being a surfer and being on the beach, it was just mum and dad and and 48 hours of sun, sand and surf yeah. for me. So, so you weren't into the horses. How did you get into it?
1: Yeah, so. Um when i, I wanted to, I, I hated school i was no good at it just there was no point me being there so i wanted to get out and uh, i finished grade 10 when i was 15 and the opportunity presented itself uh boiler making and i honestly didn't care it just sounded better than school so i grabbed that opportunity with both hands and i did that for about three years and it just wasn't quite for me i enjoyed it at the start but it's just repetitive repetition repetition mm-hmm. it's the same thing every day um we were doing big warehouses like Bunnings and, and those big industrial places and every day it was just the same thing and I need change. I don't handle uh, doing the same thing day in, day out. I like to mix it up. Um, you and me
0: wouldn't get along too well. <laughs> Trav, you coming running again? No, mate, uh, I'm not. <laughs>
1: once a week's enough for me and then I'll cycle the next day and swim the next day, you know, yeah. I like to mix it up a bit. Yeah. but um, Yeah, and then uh, I, I wanted to get out of the boiler making, and I didn't really know what to do and... Uh, you know I'm a bit of a lazy person and I find if you always ask the lazy people how to do something because I find the quickest way to do it and uh mum sent me up in the paddock in Toowoomba we had about 140 acres up there and she asked me to go get a horse and you know I had a bit of a tantrum had the head down dragging the head collar kicking straws you know like what send me up here to do this for and yeah I got up there and had the uh, the head collar and, and the lead roped I remember seeing uh Mum and Dad do it where they just throw the lead rope over the horse's neck, and I didn't know how, but you know, tie it to the head collar there, and you could jump on the horse and you could ride it. And you know, I thought I'd seen them do it. I thought surely I could do it. So, pulled the horse over to a fence there, tied it up, and jumped on its back. And next minute, we gone straight through the paddock. Uh, felt like I was going 100 miles an hour. I think I was only going on just a nice canter. But for me, it was just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I was scared. Like, I thought I was going so fast. I thought I was going to die. And, um, I remember, mum was in the kitchen and she looked out and she said, like, her first instinct was like nerves and fear. She thought I was going to run through the fence. Yeah. Uh, but then, after watching me go, she said that I, you know, I sat on good and I did, obviously, I didn't fall off. So that's always a good sign when you get on the horse. And uh, yeah, she came out to me and sort of said, Oh, well, you know, while you're trying to work out what you want to do for work, why don't you come and ride some track work and earn some money? And so I said, Okay, no worries. And I think it was that afternoon. Dad threw the, uh, a race pad or the track work pad on a horse uh, and threw me in the, the round yard and had me cantering around and trying to style up and get in the jockey boat. And I'll never forget it. Uh, Mum's apprentice at the time, she walked out the end of the barn and we just heard this big <laughs> spastic. <laughs> and um, so that sort of put a bit of fuel in my belly then. Um, but, it, you know, got me fired up and uh, I was quite determined to prove her wrong. And about three months later into my career, I... Um, Yeah, I think I'd outdone her and she'd been riding for about five years. Name drop. No. (laughs) Name drop. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly got it out of
0: you. Oh, mate. So, yeah, just lit that felt. Like you had that competitiveness in you. So um, I guess that was it. But we're also speaking about it. It was just another job for you, wasn't it? Or it wasn't something that you enjoyed straight away?
1: No, no, not at all. I am. as you said, I just saw it as a, a job. Uh, for me, it was a stepping stone. Uh, the dream was always to be a speedway driver. Love the race cars. And yeah.
0: Have you done much with that?
1: No, I've never done anything with it. You and just want to be one. Yeah, I just want to do it. I'm, a, as you said, I'm a super competitive person. Whatever I do, I've got to win. You know, yeah. I, I, can't take a chick to time zone and I won't let her win. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to beat her at basketball or bowling or like, there's no, um, uh, yeah, no mercy with me. It's yeah. you know, I want to win and. Uh, I've always been one that I've done a lot of different sports in my life and I sort of get to a point where I could take that next step and then I'm content with where I've got with it. And for me, race, you know, I love the go-karts of that and it's just the speedway is just something I've never done and so I really want to do it. I just, you know, it's a new challenge, something I've never done so that sort of. Uh, so do you
0: watch? How, how did you fall in love with it? Do you watch much of it? Was there much of it out to Like, where, <laughs> what kind of speedway are we talking? Are we talking dirt? Are we talking? Dirt, yeah, 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 dirt, yeah. <laughs> like the, the the drifting around, you bang bang, and you that sideways a half yeah, of the time.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, love the oval track. Well, I can say now, Dad's retired, but um, I remember Dad had a bad fall and uh, he had broken arms and femurs, and he was all busted up. And as a kid, obviously, he couldn't ride. And uh, he'd cut the cast off his arm, and he used to race the speedway. So uh, on a Saturday when Dad was injured, <laughs> we'd we'd be down at Archerfield because we lived in Brisbane at the time, and yeah, Dad'd be there racing around the speedway track uh, with a broken arm. He just cut the cast off and I just I don't know. I fell in love with it, and ever since then, as a kid, uh, when we went back to Toowoomba, we used to go whenever Dad was suspended or if he finished races early enough, we'd zip out to the the speedway there and. Uh, in Sydney I used to go as much as I could uh, to race Raceway at Parramatta uh, and now I'm back up here. I get to Archerfield as often as I can on yeah. Saturday. As soon as races are done here, I'm straight in the car and I get up there. I've never you know been me. to one. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to go.
0: You got me You got me interested now. So that was the dream as a kid. I, no horses, yes cars. How the hell did you end up keep going with the horses then? So what, like, was it just day in, day out, this is better than boiler making, that was repetition, I'm going to – keep doing this or did mum and dad keep you in there or so who did you do your apprenticeship with
1: uh, so i started the apprenticeship with mum yep at the start and i sort of moved around a little bit as i said I, I get bored in one place but i wanted experience as well so i started off with mum and dad and then i did a six-week stint in tamworth with sue grills before coming back here to mum and then i went to uh, maddie dunn for a, not quite 12 months and then from there yeah went down to gay uh, that I did a little bit of tie with Ronnie Quinton, and I ended up finishing it with um, Gerald Ryan. yeah so, right. yeah, I moved. Direct. Some apprentices have one boss, some have ten. I had about five, but to me it was um, it could be frowned upon by some people in racing moving bosses like that. But for me, it's a it's a different experience. Um, well,
0: yeah, someone's not going to know the exact way.
1: Yeah, like, yeah,
0: I understand that that sort of thing. Like you see it now in rugby league, and um, I'm not going to peg out Ash Taylor, but uh, like Ash got a million dollar contract coming out of Wayne Bennett yeah. and this is where it's detrimental and then he had six other coaches all get in with their new ideas boom they get fired now they're like ash all right you got to play this way new ideas blah blah and he got zero coaching over that you know five-year period and everyone was hammering him he was like oh you're getting paid a million dollars you have to be playing better you have to be like but mate then The kid came out of an unbelievable system with Wayne Bennett and then got passed around between five – well, one of them was a good coach, but, you know, the other four were very mediocre coaches. But I take it it would be a lot different with horse racing because you've got your style and all that, but you can pick up little tricks of the trade along the way. Was that what it was like?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, each trainer, obviously – trains differently nobody's like you know um, footy coaches they've all got their own way of doing things so and, and the way they want horses ridden as well so i'm a, a much of a patient rider i hate going forward uh, i'll do it if i have to um, and you know i've won a stack of races here and over the years leading races but um it's not my preferred style to ride so going to someone like uh, gay and gerald they're very much we out want our gates. horses on pace. We want you to bang these horses out, get in front, and make every post a winner. So for me, it's a style as a kid I hated. But by riding for people like that, I've been able to adapt. And it's, you know, another notch in my belt sort of thing. As like Matty Dunn, he always wanted his horses just ridden comfortable. So we were always in the second half of the field. It was very rare you'd be in the first four on one of Matt's. mats. Uh, so like Ronnie Quinton, he's just where the horse is comfortable. Just give it a squeeze out, let it get on the bridle, and then just ride the horse from there. Whereas you get to, like, a Gerald and a Gay, and they don't care about that. It's just bang this horse out, make it go, put it in the race. Like, you have to make the horse want to show interest sort of thing. So it was just, you know, for me being the polar opposite of that, I just felt like that was probably an experience that I needed. And, you know, seven, eight years down the track now, I like to think that I'm a pretty versatile rider, and it doesn't matter where I am in the race, I can get the job done.
0: Through the development, um, yeah. through, through that many styles. and well, yeah. So, how did you end up at the Gold Coast and, and winning? Because you want to, pr- you did we speak about that? You won the premiership at the Gold Coast. Yep. As an apprentice.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, when I started out, uh, just to what we're racing up there hasn't really been going anywhere in recent years, and at the time too, they were redoing the tracks, so it shut down. Um, whereas the Gold Coast is quite a central place; it's very close to all the south these Queensland tracks and the northern New South Wales tracks. So we thought this was just a good central base to be at. So mum and dad packed up the, the state. Mum had about 40, 50 horses in work and she packed them up, uh, cut them in half and I think we brought about 20 down here, just try and bring some nicer ones. Uh, but yeah, it was more so about the opportunities for me as an apprentice is why we made the move to the Gold Coast.
0: Does mum and dad still live on the Gold Coast? Yeah. Yep. yep yeah. yeah. So, so
1: got the family here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah family's still here. I uh, I speak to him nearly every day, um, especially after races. Dad, uh, still to this day, you know, we'll, if I don't ring him, he'll ring me after every ride and dissect it and see where I went wrong, where I went right. The last few years, he's sort of taken a bit of a step back. I think he even said he sort of trusts now, you know, that I'm making the right decisions. It's not very often that I'll make the wrong one. And if I do, don't worry, he lets me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's sort of like, a, well, this is why I did it, Dad. And he's like, yeah, nah, that was wrong. This is what you should have done. So I've been very fortunate in that uh, respect to have a good base behind me. So um, he's he's
0: a scholar of the game as well. He really loves his racing and, and the ins and outs and, and watching everyone and, and still very much involved.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, before injury uh, ended his career a bit short, he used to help out. The apprentices and stuff uh, into but coming through and obviously mum she's had a few apprentices go through the stable and a few of them were uh, they were a bit troubled I suppose they were on their last legs if mum didn't want to take them on uh, they weren't going anywhere so mum and dad have always been very good like that very uh, willing to help and dad's got a, a very um, keen eye and he's very good at picking up and reading a race and, and helping you
0: yeah that's good I understand so there so you got the phone call. Gay on the phone, Trav. Guess what we want ya. What did you think? How did you take it? Were you ready to go? Did you go? Yep, this is me. Let's go. A new opportunity, or were you a bit hesitant to leave? Or how old were you when this phone call came through?
1: Um, I was eight, just uh, I was eighteen. Yeah, so I wasn't right. even nineteen yet when it came through. There was no hesitation. <laughs> yeah. they um, they rang me up. Yeah, uh, on this Sunday and the next Sunday, I was in Sydney. Yeah. So I pretty much, yeah, packed the car straight away. Dad jumped in and we drove down.
0: What was Sydney like? Do you like it down there? No, nah, not really.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm a Queenslander. Like It's just too full on. There's just so many people. It wasn't quite for me. Um, I, I like a little bit more laid back lifestyle up here. It's taking some adjusting, getting used to. Um, in Sydney, uh, you know, I ride work three times a week, trials twice a week races every day so you know sometimes you would go 16 days in a row uh, at races yeah, right. and coming back here riding sort of you know maybe two three times maximum it's taken some getting used to but um yeah as a place i i think sydney's a bit of a hole
0: yeah mate it's uh you got to be from there to love it don't you or you yeah. got to be really involved or <laughs> market it like <laughs> um you know i'm the same not for me <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to visit and then yeah get us out of there so how long do you spend with Gay?
1: Uh, with Gay for the three butts, yep. with the load period, yeah, and um, it was hard work. As I said, I, I, look, I was probably a bit too immature at the time too to really sort of appreciate, you know, everything that was being done for me down there and to really take in what she was trying to get across to me. That's so, part of
0: being young though, and 18 and 19 and knowing everything. Yeah. That's the thing with the horse racing industry is experiences massive, but... Most jockeys start very, very young, like, while well, they're light in the weights, 14s, 15s, you know, down around that very immature sort of age, and you're thrust into – it could be any race. You know, a race at Toowoomba is the big show. Yep. You know what I mean? If you're riding in a race.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, like in the NRL and that, like you've got your Intrust Super Cups. And, you you know, build, build you, into it, build correct. You build into it, whereas in racing it's just you sort of – you're thrown in the deep end straight away. You know, your first meeting, even though you've got to go out bush – there's still people there betting on it. That's uh, right. You know, so the pressure's on from day one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I probably, I wasn't ready for it. Um, and then after that, I, I was very fortunate. Ronnie Quinton actually approached me um, and said that he'd take me on. He didn't want me to go home because uh, I was ready to pack up. Like I hate it. I just, I didn't like living in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, the riding was just so different to what I was used to. So I'm very, very grateful for everything that uh, Mr. Quinton did for me. Uh, because if it wasn't for him, I would have been home years ago. And I think uh, the experience uh, that I've gained in my time in New South Wales, and you know, some of the jockeys I've ridden against, the horses I've ridden, the you know trainers I've ridden for, I never would have got that opportunity if I had to come home. Just the horses up here, they're just second tier horses to to New South Wales. Um, yes. That's why. When they come up for the carnivals, they win everything. They just and they yeah. send their second tier horses here, and they are beating our best.
0: Yeah, so but, mate, that's we do the same here. You know, yeah. I've got buying the horses, and we go to Rocky. Yep. You know, you, you, there is grades of horse, and um, of course, the <laughs> money talks. Yes. You know, the breeding talks, and you got to know all about that. But so, what's the difference between jumping on like the feel between say your class one winner here to something you go wow at Gay? <laughs> okay. Like, is it is it <laughs> Is it like uh, an acceleration go? Look, because obviously we're not jockeys, mate. I've never sat on the back of a horse in my life. How does it compare, the feeling?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Like you can ride a horse at the Gold Coast here and like say you win a maiden on it. It'd be like driving the old Volkswagen Beetle around. And then I've ridden some Group 1 horses and it's like being in a Bugatti. Like you don't feel the turf underfoot. It feels like you're floating. Really? And I mean, like you get on some of them good horses with the gates open the power that they launch out at just throws you back in the seat. But then once you're perched up on them, it's like floating on clouds. Um, whereas a, a slow, you know, horse with lesser ability, it's almost like you can feel every uneven patch of dirt in the track. You feel every hoof print, every bump, every blade of grass. Whereas the good ones just seem to skim across the top.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mate, I've got goosebumps just talking <laughs> <laughs> about that. That was that was sensational to, to describe. It felt like I was there. <laughs> so yeah, you're saying like those ones, those ones that have the go button. They just they just flow across the ground, and then when you when you give them a go, Where compared to right, riding here. You're like, oh, this thing doesn't want to go. Bang! Oh, we got to get a go yeah.
1: So the, oh. uh, the best feeling I've ever had on a horse is it's four four thirty in the morning at ranwick It's one of the most beautiful track I've ever ridden on and uh, you'll be on a couple of group one horses for like Team Snowden and you get out there on that course proper and there's a bit of fog you know, just just lingering around you can sort of see the Sydney skyline in the back there but a bit of fog hanging around there's no noise and when you get to the 600 and you start to quicken up the, the rhythm that the horse is in underneath you like you've got two horses side by side just matching stride for stride and then their breathing is in sync you don't hear anything except the horse and that's that's when you really feel at one with the animal. Yeah. Um, it's just an incredible feeling. Uh, and it's just like everything else is a blur around you. And you're just you zoned in on that moment. And it's, yeah, you feel as though you're one with the horse. And then when you straighten up and you give the horse a bit of a squeeze, you don't even have to, and you'll be running up in, you know, 21, 22 uh, with ease. And then... Yeah, you'll get on something that's going to Goldwood for a class one, and you run it up like twenty four, like hard scrub, like come on, go faster, sort of thing.
0: Um, um, mate, I was there. I was on the back of the horse just <laughs> then. I tell you, wow. <laughs> so you've done that, Ronnie Quinton, down there. What was the decision to come back home? Did you, you just had enough, or?
1: Yeah, I'd been wanting to come home for a few years. Just some, uh, you know, uh, circumstances. I, I, I hung around for longer than I sort of wanted to but I suppose there's a bit of me too that you know some of the best horses trainers jockeys in the world are in you got to persevere
0: sometimes um,
1: so that was it I I just felt like well I've been here this long what's you know another 12 months going to do? hurt you know it's not going to hurt just trying to get somewhere and um, you know I, I was fortunate enough to ride a, a lot of good horses track work and um, I rode a horse called Trapeze Artist I won on him his first start and he came out and won Four group ones And it was three year old Of the year And uh, you know I got to um, trial Mongolian Khan He won a uh, A Cox Plate Like mm. I rode some uh Caulfield Cup Sorry Like I uh, Got to ride some Really good horses And I suppose I was always just Hanging on to that Hope that uh, Like I might get The opportunity In a nice race And to be fair The last My last season Down there was my best And I got to ride in a, At Oaks At a Derby um, You know I rode On Everest Day I've been there When Winks had a her final uh, ever start, and that was just incredible. Um, I remember walking out into the middle uh, of the track there at Randwick. There was a, probably a half a dozen of us that stood on the inside running rail, and um, you look back at the crowd. There's like forty thousand people there, and I remember looking down the straight, and you could see Winks come past, and Bowman's just you know quiet as a church mouse. She had the race one and it's sort of like slow motion as she come past. It was almost like a, a movie. Uh, you know, I could like hear music in, the, in my ears and the crowd was sort of like black and white and it all went still and she just sort of cruises past like effortlessly and then to, i think tommy berry was on the second horse just hard pump just doing everything he could to try and cut the margin down but wasn't able to and uh, winks crosses the line next minute there's confetti and just stuff going off everywhere all over the grandstand everyone's cheering and it was just one of the most uh, amazing experiences i've ever had on a race course um apart from being in those races myself
0: yeah right wow how good and that's i guess that's what uh, new south wales racing does that's what racing at uh, the big show does it yeah. brings it all out and um racing's made a huge comeback i mean it was only 10 20 years ago that it was a mugs game you know what i mean and now everyone is at the track and everyone can see it as a sport and everyone can you know stipulate between the gambling side and the professional sportsman and the amazing animals that come with it and the people that come with it as well um so back to the goldie head down ass up was it was that the decision straight away were you going that's it i'm going for a premiership or like what was the what was the thinking pattern or did you just start getting back into work and then realize holy i'm in striking distance here
1: yeah yeah it was a bit like that i am. i sort of so when i made the move back i had uh, my appendix ruptured so how'd that happen oh i just i I don't really know i just 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 ruptured just ruptured (laughs) i um i rode at warwick farm i rode quite light on the wednesday at warwick farm and uh that night started having some pains and i just thought it was from wasting obviously wasting takes a toll on your body and i've been in pain before through various things I just assumed it was one of those and um the next morning like I was on the ground uh in tears just like the pain was just intense and I went to the doctor and they said oh if you know if it's still here tomorrow come back so I said oh whatever you know I must just be sulking so I got home and walked through the door and nearly collapsed and my partner at the time said no we got to get you to the hospital and um yeah went up there about an hour later they finally got me in uh because I was like screaming and getting into arguments with them because i was in that much pain and no one was doing anything and uh yes they took me in uh did some x-rays five minutes later they said yeah um we're going to rush you in for operation your appendix is ruptured and it looks like it's about to burst um so yeah they took me in for that
0: um, how's the people who are ignoring you yeah what about that
1: just just forgotten about there at uh at the hospital but you know um it's all good we i I survived yeah (laughs) they got it out in time thankfully and uh yeah, so COVID obviously was around at that time and I'd been I'd been talking since the start of the year about coming back to Queensland and then when that happened, the border was open at the time and so I was told I wasn't allowed to drive a car for for four weeks and I had to have eight weeks off racing. Well, two days later they said the border's closing to Queensland. Oh, So no. the next day I was in the car, I drove up here <laughs> from Sydney all the way up here and... Um, and just thought, oh, you know, I'll heal up, take my time, and I can't sit still, I need to work. So two weeks later, I, um, the plan was to go and ride in Brisbane um, of, of a Saturday, uh, but just with the the appendix, obviously rushing it back, I didn't want to go to Brisbane and have a complication in front of everybody because uh, they just put a line through me then. So I tried to make a low-key return at the Gold Coast. I took four rides, and I ended up riding a couple of placings in a winter, uh, and then pretty much from then on, Kelly Sweeder was a big one who, who said he wanted to, like if I'm right at the Gold Coast, he sort of put me on everything he could. And I said, oh, well, you know, whatever. I, it's good I only live around the corner from the race course. I've got a spar at home. Um, it's easy for me to get up on a Saturday morning, jump at the spar and uh, just cruise around the corner to the track. So, yeah, just stayed here. And pretty much about two months into the season, I had a good mate of mine, Anthony Allen, uh, you know, digging me in the ribs about this premiership, um, something he's been trying to win for the last six years. And he kept telling me that I was going to win it. And I kept, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. And um, even with probably three months to go, I was like, oh, I know anything could happen. Jag was just starting to get a bit of a roll. I think I had about a 15-win lead. And Jag started to cut that margin back down to about eight or nine. Who and, else was in there? Who else was chasing you? Uh, so early on it was Tegan Harrison. Yep. Uh, she was sort of the early front runner. Uh, Then I got her. Then Anthony uh, was on my tail pretty much all season. Um, And then he had some opportunities in town with that good horse incentivised and that. Uh, So he sort of stepped away from the coast and then Jag sort of made a comeback to the coast and he started chasing again. But I always sort of maintained that sort of double digit figure margin all season. Um, and I think we ended up winning by, by about 12, which was good. But yeah, I sort of probably the last three months of the season was when I was like, you know what, I... I think I like. I want to win this now. I really need to knuckle down and and try harder with the weight um, to ride that bit lighter, and, and just commit here every weekend. Because at the time I was sort of rotating between here every few weeks, but I'd go to Brisbane if I thought the horse could win. And mm. um, yeah, so then I knuckled down late.
0: Isn't that a hard decision to make? Because Brisbane is our city, um, city metro winners and whatnot, and Gold Coast is you know second tier, but it is number two. For, if, if you're looking at it from a Queensland states, then yep. Brisbane's NRL and Gold Coast is Queensland Cup and then everything else comes around that. Yep. As a decision that you need to make, do you go, oh, look, this horse might win but, you know, there's 50 opportunities for me here on the Gold Coast that I know that I can get home yep. over the next week. How hard is that to weigh up in your head? Like, what's your main goal? Like, is it – obviously it, that's a hard one to ask because – you want to win. You want to yeah. win big races, and, yeah. and I know that. But sometimes you've got to make a, a – like winning this premiership might set you up in three years to, to win on a big horse. But chasing in town, getting sixth, eighth, fourth, third, first, fourth, fifth might not set you up to get that good horse there. So how do you go about going through it, or do you just let it unfold in front of you? What's your
1: strategy? Oh, I um, I want to go where the winners are. So obviously here – Generally, I get the plump of the rides. Um, So, you know, coming here for seven or eight rides and knowing that five of them are winning chances, that's more appealing to me than going to Brisbane for one. If I think the horse in town can win and it's worth going for, so there was a main horse, Beaufort Park, that I was going for. I think I won four metros in a row Mm. and then we started favourite in a Magic Millions race. Uh, To me, that was worth it. I did go to town and the last time I rode in town on a Saturday... And I, I didn't want to go. I thought the two horses were no good. One of them won a bad race the the start before, and then the second one was just a ride. And But at the time, I was riding for the stable. I was sort of their main rider, and they wanted me to go. Uh, but for me, that was pointless. I would have rather to stay here because I missed down on two winners at the Gold Coast that day. Mm. They may not have won if I was on them, but they still won. Yep. So for me, that's where I wanted to go, but I had you know pressure to go to town for them. But... For me, it's it's where the winners are. I don't care if it's if I got eight rides here and I can ride three winners, or I've got one in town. I'm coming here every yeah. day of the week. You okay, know? so that's um, your decision. That's your thinking, making. Oh,
0: yeah. But when you started out, like you said, you got the pick now because you're you, you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> you're the big dick up here. <laughs> but mate, in the beginning, I was seeing you. I was seeing you get getting, getting home twenty dollar things. I was seeing you like you didn't have the pick of the thing there. So that's a that's a hats off to you there as well. But do you sort of know the stock that's coming through? Do you know these or do you, do you have a manager that just says, look, these are your eight rides and then you do the form and, and have a look and, and whatnot at them or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so like if you've ridden, um some track work for the, the trainers and that, mm. you might have ridden the horse and, and sort of know what you've got underneath you. Um, but most of the time it's sort of more faith in your manager to get you the best rides. And as you said, this season like a lot of – I'm not – look i'm going to take if you give me a dollar 60 i'm going to take the ride on it because yeah. obviously it's that price for a reason but i love riding the horses that are sort of between that 4 to 10 dollars yeah because those short price favorites it, so many things can happen in a race and go wrong there's a lot of pressure there whereas i feel like if you're on a 4 to 10 dollar chance in the market they're good enough to win the race with the right ride yeah and most of the time i go out there on a saturday and i'm the best jockey so I'm going to give this horse the best ride that I possibly can, and if it's good enough, it's going to win. And try and take some of that bad luck out of it. But um, so yeah, I, I don't. I like riding long shot with us. Uh, mm. I get more of a thrill out of that than a short price favourite. Yeah.
0: Do you get say you say you're on a dollar sixty favourite? Do you get attention from other jockeys like in the race, or would you do the same? Would you go all right? I know that thing's going all right. I know that thing's a dollar sixty. How can I get it beat, or how do I beat it, or do you feel like the race? then is focused on what you're doing not focused on what you should be doing on your horse or something like that does that affect other jockeys do you think in the line
1: oh yeah there's you get out in a race and there's you know there's a jockey who's trying to beat you when i ride in a race i'm riding my horse to give it the best possible chance to finish it as good as it can so I don't really...
0: But will you think, be affected by going, all oh, right, that's the favourite. Oh, he's taken off now. If I need, I need to go as well. No, no you just... No. if he wants to go... I the Iceman. Yeah, like it. you
1: can watch... Like, I, I remember winning a, a six-horse field here over 2,200 metres. The whole field took off at the 600. And my horse was about $10. They all took off. I just let them go. I ended up three lengths behind them. I straightened up two lengths behind them and I won by three. Yeah. Because they were all gassed. Yeah. So I go out there and ride my own race. Obviously... I'm aware what's around me so like if there's a dollar 60 pop in it I'm not going out there to get it beat Mm. but I'm going out there going okay what do I need to do to beat that horse Mm. in a way you know like if 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 it's in front of me it's like okay well I want to stay here because that's the best horse in the race if I follow it he's gonna get me into the race if my horse is good enough I'll pass it if not obviously I wasn't good enough Um, yeah I've given it every chance though it's sort of like okay like I'm one off the fence The favourite's three wide If I keep it there That gives me a better chance To beat the horse But I don't go out there With the intention To yes. beat a horse Yeah But if it helps me I will But if, if it's going to cause More harm to my horse By you know Correct For example if
0: You're not going to pull it up Underneath you So you can sit in So you can lock him in And yeah. then go Oh hold on I don't have a turn of foot On this yep. horse Yeah yep. um, You need to Yeah Like you said Relax Get it into stride Keep going Yeah Well yeah, Good insight Trav Good insight <laughs> So yeah, so running away with the premiership, we we're talking about it just before with your weight and whatnot. Like, what are you five foot three, five four? We we're saying on a good day. Yeah, but do you struggle? Do you struggle with your weight, or
1: do you do it all right? Yeah, no, I struggle a little bit. Uh, I go through patches all throughout my career. I've struggled as it obviously being a boilermaker turned jockey. Like I was sixty-one kilos, and then had to get my weight down, and at various times throughout my career i've ridden uh, like as light as 53 what were you doing for that um, were you just
0: wasting or were you doing some training or were you yeah. getting your food right or Traders. what
1: so when i lived in cd uh, i did it and i used to work with um a good man connor who was the manly sea eagles head strength and conditioning coach i used to see him plus a nutritionist so you know it was like two eggs on one piece of toast for brekkie then i'd have if i wasn't riding the next day steak and veggies for lunch and then chicken and salad for dinner or if I was riding the next day, it was fish, you know, yeah. fish and veggies, chicken and salad. So stuff. it was
0: weighed out, it was calories, it was yep. it was what's well, going uh, on. all that. And how, that. Did, uh, how did how uh, did lazy Trav take that? Lazy. that. <laughs> well, there's competitive <laughs> Trav and then there's lazy Trav by the sounds of it. How yeah. did he go with all the training and, and um, whatnot?
1: Look, once i am up go on, yeah. I'm, I'm sweet. i that. The hardest step's the one out the door. Yeah, um, once you get me out, I I'm, I'm sweet. Uh, and I used to really enjoy going to training. I've always loved training. When I can, it's just trying to find that balance. Obviously, with my weight, depending on what I do, I get, you know, thickened through the shoulders and the arms. And that's something I've always had to be cautious of. So there's a fine line there, and that's one that I've struggled with uh, the last sort of six months is, um, yeah, trying to juggle the training side and the, the nutrition side. With the weight, um, and it's a battle I'm losing at the minute. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll just we'll mix things up a bit. I, as I said, I, I don't like sticking to the same thing all the time, and I think I got in a routine of the same thing, and my body picked, you know, switched onto it. Yes, and just thought, nah, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a matter of, yeah. well,
0: that's exactly what it does. It does. It picks up, and you think you can do that with uh, any sort of diet. Look, I eat a, an animal-based, as you know, uh, you know, very low carbohydrate maybe some salads and some green zucchinis and whatnot if i go and throw something else in there like a bit of bread or a donut or something like that i'm gone i'm on my haunches because your body adapts same thing with you if you change your uh, diet too much and you've got a little bit too much protein in there you're doing all this training your body's going great i've got this protein to feed me muscles i might grow a little bit for you that's detrimental because it's a catch 22 you got more muscle you burn more calories you can get skinny a quickie you got more muscle muscle weighs more you're over the scales you gotta waste more it's a it's a funny game this whole <laughs> being a jockey isn't it and i don't like it whatsoever with how much you boys waste lukey d he is a special for it because he's such a big jockey isn't he yeah. what about yourself do you have to get in the spa every week do you waste every week how's your hydration where does that lead you to
1: yeah yeah Don't waste every week so uh, last week i rode uh I, I did 55 on saturday uh, which is the lightest i've ridden in about four months so I went out for a, a 15k bike ride uh in, on the friday afternoon and then got straight home jumped in the spa for two hours uh to try so there was two kilos there you know through three hours of work to get the two kilos off and then the next morning i spent another three hours in the spa to lose another two kilos to get down to it um so, yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Do you do breath work in your spa? Have you tried that? No, no. I'll give average. you something. So, uh, mate, 80% of our calories are breathed out and everything. So a lot of your weight can be breathed out. So if you're doing that time in the spa, a lot of... Yeah, yeah. ...is really a good way to get it out. And there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into that. Um, a lot of data, I should say, not a lot of work. Yep. Well, there is a lot of work because you've got to concentrate and breathe and that. I've got a good book, Breath. Yep. I'll give it to you after this um but yeah man you got to work something out there eh? Yeah. you can't you got to get into a routine or you've got to get into a structure where you don't have to do that every week where you're chipping away i mean you're probably going to find it hard now with your nose up because you can't
1: go train can you Ah, no nah, so i've got uh two weeks off so yeah can't do anything you've just got to be careful i sort of it's and it's not quite long enough where I can go out and enjoy myself for a week, you know. It's not a holiday. It's not, no, because in two weeks' time, I think the 28th is going to be my first meeting back. Um, you know, like I'm 60 kilos today, um, and that I'll probably have to try and ride 56 that day. So if I blow out any more, um, you know, like I can get to 62 like that in a couple of days. It's mm. no problem at all. Um, but, you know. It's oh, it goes
0: a- on a lot quicker than it comes off, doesn't it? Oh, very. <laughs> for, for everyone, and that's everyone out there. Look, let's – well, we'll – after this, we'll go over, we'll break down some things and, and have a look at some things. I'm sure you know, know a lot, but maybe I can throw some things your way to keep you yeah, keep you no. going for the next two weeks. All right, the future. Let's get into the future. What are we doing? Are we are we going again? Are we back-to-back premierships?
1: I haven't quite worked that one out. It's um, It'd be good to go back-to-back, something I'd like to do, but hopefully with a, my management team and that, we'll probably work out a strategy of how we want to approach this season. I like the idea of going back-to-back back and especially now that Noel Callow's here, you know, he's a good, high-quality rider, so to compete against him is great and, you know, I love beating those sort of blokes, you know, yeah. you, if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best, so, you know, I, I thrive on the competition, so that'd be great if I could win back-to-back back and beat him.
0: Mm. What does Noel Callow bring? Experience? Experience. He does, yeah. and you he know, can see that in his riding. Yes,
1: yeah. Um, I mean you watch races here of a Saturday he he said this in an interview on punters that um there's only three or four blokes at the Gold Coast on a Saturday that you'd want to put on And he's one of them and uh you you know you watch races here and replays and you can pick those riders out yeah. you know but he's been riding for a long time he's ridden multiple group 1 winners he's ridden superstar horses he's been all around the world yeah. he brings a level of competition to the Gold Coast that we haven't seen here in a very long time Is he
0: hungry um, do you think, is he here for a holiday or is he picking up rides and knows that he can beat, he's only got you and a few others to compete with or do you think he's going, No, nah, this is, what well, do you reckon? Have you had much to do with him or?
1: Well, we actually sit right across from each other in the jockey's room. So, uh, yeah, it's quite good. Uh, but look, it, he, he's a bit like that. He's sort of taking it as it comes. But like we're jockeys, we're all competitive. It doesn't yes. matter how much he wants to play it down. When he gets out on the track, he's there yeah. to win. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in a race behind him or with him, and he's on a chance, he's doing everything he can to win on that horse. So, um, yeah, I don't care what he says about the, you know, just happy to take what comes his way when we get on the track. It's he's, serious yeah, business. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's playing it down. He's yeah. playing mind games already. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's going to be – this is – this mate, once you get it back out there. And, um, look, I guess you're going to have to take this season the way that you ride horses, mate. You're going to have to relax into this first stretch. Build your fitness back, get your nose breathing, get into some winners and then come home strong. Because yeah. it once again, big season. Do you break it up? Do you go, all right, I'm going to here and I need a week off. I'm going on holiday. Oh, I suppose with COVID, I think I spoke about this with Lukey as well. It's just head down, ass up at the moment, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I um, every year I'd go away sort of between October and December. I'd always take a couple of weeks off for a month and go to a berica or, you know, just get yep. away. And usually by that time of the year, too. Like now my weight goes up, so that break used to do me good. I'd blow out for two weeks, and then the next two weeks it had calmed down. And mentally it was the best thing for me. Yes. Uh, but because of COVID, I haven't been away in like three years now. Uh, so I'm dying, for <laughs> I'm dying for a break, but, you know, racing doesn't stop, so I can't stop. It's no. just head down, ass up, just keep going, pushing through it, and, you know, hopefully times will change and I could get away, you know, even if it's too I wanted to go to New Zealand, uh, to Queenstown, to the snow, but that's sort of ruled out. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a bugger, but usually every year I'd take probably a month off just to, to mentally recharge the batteries and, you know, zone back in. You know, you can tend to check out of racing when you're doing the same thing all the time. You get in a comfort zone. I, I just find mentally I can check out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still doing my best, but I'm just not quite here. Uh, so that, that break really brings – you know, makes me hungry again and, and – you know ignites the fire in me belly and gets me right into it so i've had to find new ways the last couple of years to ignite that flame in me and um you know that's sort of been the premierships on the gold coast and uh you know i think the riding ranks here in the last sort of 10 years not what they used to be like you look back when like scotty galloway and ken russell you know the real i think kings of the coast mm. uh, those blokes ken russell rode when we had capacity fields, there was no racing on, uh, there was once a week, you know, he to do what he did was incredible and Scotty Galloway I think won four of them, he would have won more too but he went to Brisbane, you know, chasing, you know, better horses and, and the quality and that so I think the riding ranks here the last few years just haven't quite been I think where it, I'd like them to be but yeah. I think... Yeah. I think because
0: you young boy, it's like a changing of the guard. Yeah. Scotty and that are winding down, you know, all the old boys, those guys, Griffin, he's all retired. You new boys are coming up and you're all in this age bracket. I mean, Luke, he's only just 30, Jag's 22 or something, you're 26. So you're there, yes, but you also are uh, there. You're searching for these big opportunities still and the thing, you're still, you know, out there. So, I mean, all the boys, the Goldie boys, I mean, he's got a good crew, I Chrissy Caserta, he's up here now, is he?
1: Yeah, yeah, Chrissy's up here now. Yeah,
0: and I mean Andy Mallee, and he's hanging about a bit, but it, uh, in Brisbane and stuff. I think over the next years we'll see you group of boys condense into the group that you are, and, and mate, it's going to be some good battles, yeah, I yeah. tell you, with, <laughs> within Gold Coast and within Brisbane. Well, that's what I hope to see.
1: Yeah, you know, no, I think so, Ed,
0: because it's going to bring the best out of all of you. Yep, it's going to it's going to challenge
1: both, you, like you said. And they say, uh, like with, with racing. Um, as jockeys, they reckon you you hit your your prime in your early 30s. Mm. Uh, so, you know, like I've still got a few years. That's why I'm trying to get all these experiences I can. I'd love to try and get some overseas experience as well before that time. Uh, so when I'm, you know, as COVID. old. Bloody COVID. But, you know, when I'm as old as Lukey is and I'm in my prime, <laughs> um, I'll have a few more experiences up my belt and I'll, uh, you know, like looking at what I've done now, I can't wait to see what the future brings.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. Well, like you said, what are you, 26? Yeah. Twenty six, man. Yeah. Four, year, four more years. You could be anything or anywhere. Like and you're only thirty. You're only scratching the surface. Still, that's what people don't understand. Like, uh, you know, you could start something. You could give up right now. Go speedway racing, and in four years, you'd be very good at it. In eight to ten, you'd be an expert at it. Yeah. You've got through your your first six years, eight years now. You're you're coming into your expert years. You're coming into this flying. So, mate, I can't wait to keep watching you over the next week uh next season sorry this season and the next ones to come lastly what else do you do what do you what do you do do around the goldie what what are you a fan of are you a footy fan nrl what i
1: love all sports so yep. um yeah I, I don't mind going out for a, a cycle get them out and bike out yeah my um, cruise into surfers and then up to the spit and stuff every few days with the old man or take it out to narang to the trails uh, i quite enjoy doing that or what are they like i've never been out there those trails yeah they're pretty good so i've done a few of them out there um it was a bit sketchy the other day. I forgot my helmet, but I didn't want to turn around and ride home to get it, so I just kept, you know, pumping through. So oh, it's good fun. I quite enjoy that. And I used to play a little bit of golf. I've quite down on that a bit at the minute, but um, I'm a bit of a foodie, to be honest. That's the problem with me. <laughs> wait, watching, watching too many of my videos. Oh, <laughs> I see your videos, and I can't help myself. You know, I got to pull. Actually, out
0: I got to get. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Hold up. Back it up. <laughs> Tell them about the smoker story. Which one? Your one. Uh, going on to the races. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching. Oh. <laughs> he's watched me smoking videos. Like this is me. I'm getting a smoker on. I'm going on. You've put it on. You live in a unit across the road from Bundle. Yep. And you've let your smoker ride all day.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, obviously, I met you through the footy tip and comp. Yeah. And got to know you a bit. And saw all your smoking videos, and I thought like, this is the grass. I need to get myself one of these. So, went and brought the Traeger, and I um. Yeah, was going up to the sunshine coast races that day and the brisket needed like eight hours to cook so before i left i pulled it out heated it up put the brisket in there and away i went to the races thinking when i come home there's going to be this beautiful brisket there waiting for me and uh, i remember getting in the elevator downstairs under the building and like he's like, like i could smell something here like it's just a like a little bit of smoke in the air and i, you know, I was like gee something's something's going on here and It goes up to my level, and when the door opens, it's just smoke. The whole apartment building, the whole block was just smoked out and just smelt like meat, and I just thought, oh, shit, I think this is me. And I've I've walked down to my apartment, I've opened it up, and just (laughs) smoke's just come rushing out the door. My whole apartment just smelt like brisket for the next two months. I walk out the back and it's just oh everywhere, mate. The neighbours, everyone, all their clothes that were hanging out drying and everything, uh, smelled like brisket. But yeah, it, look, it tasted amazing. Uh, but after that, the the smoke had to go and uh, moved it around to the parents' place. But there's um, a
0: new rule in his apartment complex: no smokers.
1: Yeah, they uh, are. Yeah, well, so <laughs> they brought the rule in and said no barbecues on balconies anymore. After <laughs> <that> day,
0: <so. laughs> what about your neighbours? They could because you're at the sunny coast and you're gone. They they're just got to deal with it yeah. for eight hours yeah oh is, man
1: um, the people above me they usually work out on the balcony they couldn't work out because it was just smoke everywhere and yeah i wasn't home oh. <laughs> i just left it going so everyone had to wait till i would got home and um yeah, then, uh, about two days later, I got a little notice in the... Uh,
0: yeah, don't do that again, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the third time I've heard that story and it's still bloody hilarious, <laughs> I tell you. I, can't, oh, man. I just picture myself being there either on the receiving end or being you walking in going, oh, nah, what have yeah. I done? So... How good. Well, mate, thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Like I said, I can't wait to watch you in this season and keep growing and, and following your career. It's very, very, very inspirational. Um, if you want to follow the Wolf on Insta, what do you got?
1: Yeah, it's just Travis.WolfGram. Playing nice simple, nice and easy.
0: <laughs> and keep an eye out for all these races as well. I mean – You've got a mark on your back now. You've got the premiership. They're coming after you. You're at the top. So it'll be good to see when are you back riding? 28th, hopefully. 28th, your first one. All right. We'll keep an eye on that and we'll keep uh, moving forward in there. So there it is, people, wrapping it up. Any given chance. Woo! Cheers, buds. Thanks,
1: mate. All good, man.
0: Wow. That was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, much appreciated as we grow plus we're always looking for new guests so if you know someone in the midst of it battling a battling good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful message us directly always check out inbox and of course if you want to check out old episodes repurposed ones you can jump over to our website which is any given chance thanks for joining us once again on your host 3am 3 365 matty menu no days off no excuses and i can't wait to catch you on the next one